Hello, my fellow movie fans, and welcome to the new adventures of a Feast of Films theater with your hosts, Jesse Prosser and Ethan R. Hill. In Technicolor. Um, okay, actually, I have a question for you. Sure. Because um, I found out this recently, and I actually, I never, I found about this, I never specifically um, asked you about it, and I keep meaning to. Yeah, hit, hit me up. The the Opa Bania? The Opa Bania? Yeah, that's, me? that's, I don't know if that's how <laughs> I pronounce me? it. Excuse <laughs> But it's a prehistoric creature. Yes. Um... And I just, uh, I want you to, oh, come on. How very exciting. It is very exciting. <laughs> you guys should all look this thing up. Um, Comment down below your opinions on this prehistoric creature. The Opa Make sure to put the spelling on the. The, the Opa Benia. Regalus. I can't speak. Um, so I'm just going to go down. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> That's a thing that existed. It had five eyes. Well, it's only five to uh, ten centimeters long. That's not that dangerous. It's still freaky. I know, but like... The, the, like, it's a weird proboscis. Slash mouth. Like, like it, it, looks, it looks like a Lovecraftian whore. It does. It looks like something straight out of fiction. 100%. That's perfect. But yeah, no, they found, like, there's fossils. Pretty darn clear fossils of it, too. Listen, it's part of a whole family. It's got a family. Yeah, but like, yeah, like that's the. Yeah, no, like, uh, like, like, listen, that that is freaky. But tell me when they find one that's like the size of those like giant trilobite things that they find, <laughs> then I'll be terrified. Oh, I wasn't trying to scare you. I was just trying to be like, dude, isn't this cool? He gods, what is that? <laughs> but like, but like, that's the appetizer. <laughs> But like yes. that's that's I don't know I think that's dope I think that like the fact that creatures like especially asymmetrical creatures when they show up mm -hmm. I love that a lot of times they freak me out oh yeah well because it doesn't it doesn't adhere to like the things we see in the natural world these days well if you ran into that would you how would you feel like even if again if I personally ran into that in the wild yeah well first of all I don't go near the ocean for exactly that reason <laughs> second of all. <laughs> Um, I'd be like, oh man, clearly nobody knows what this is. I'm going to take a picture and make thousands of dollars. I discover a new species only to then Google it and be like, oh, this is already a thing. And then it would eat you. Yes. That's what happened, um, in uh, Australia when my family went there. There are these tiny little, uh, I think about that big, the little, uh, yeah. And like in Australia, there were these I think they're called, like, I don't know the actual species name, but I believe they're called, like, blue dragons or something like that. They're these tiny little uh, amphibious creatures that were just all over the beach. And, like, they look really cool. They've got kind of, like, a, like, blue and black gradient, like, butterfly thing going on. Like, in the ocean, they look really cool. And we're like, oh, that's fun. And, like, we didn't, I never touched them, thank God, because I found out afterwards they apparently carry Manowar venom for protection. So, they look adorable, however, they could paralyze you. <laughs> if things look very beautiful mm. in nature, do not touch it unless you can confirm 
that they're not poisonous or venomous or anything like that. It's like all those, the tree frogs. You, like, can, you can use the same logic for your Tinder profile. Um, <laughs> confirm, make sure they're safe. Make sure they're not poisonous. <laughs> um, but yes, tree frogs. Just like your ex-wife. Just like my ex-wife. No, but like uh, tree frogs, the same thing, like the very vibrant ones, the poison dart frog, all that kind of stuff. They look beautiful and like colorful and like fun. Yeah. And they can kill you. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. So. But that's like that's yeah that's so many things in nature like uh, if it if it looks cool it's probably dangerous. Yeah, but like I don't know, I keep meaning to ask you about that one because I'm like, have you heard of this? Because as soon as I saw it pop up, like I'm... it reminds me of uh, have you ever played the game Spore? Does anyone remember the game Spore? I remember it. I never played it, but I remember it existing. Yeah, but like the first like stage of uh, first two stages of evolution, when it's like you're like microscopic and then you like walk up on the land and all that. I've I have made creatures that look like that because you could like make the long mouth and it's like this thing walking around, and you just you create these like these these uh, abominations of nature, and you're like, why why did I why did I make this thing? <laughs> But it's fun. It was a fun little game, but that's what it reminded me of. that's why God stays up on his... Because <laughs> <laughs> he too was afraid what he created? No, that's uh, that's that's all you need uh, whenever, whenever you get off of... Uh, if people go to 4chan and then leave, that's the clip that needs to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think God stays up in heaven? Because <laughs> he too is afraid of what he created? That's yes. A, that's an incredibly deep line for Spy Kids 2. <laughs> but that's what makes Spy Kids 2 so delightfully amazing. 100%. That's that's about it. That's, that's... Yeah, that's the only thing. <laughs> Steve Buscemi and the weird like monster things. The spider monkey. The spider monkey. The, yeah, like those things. I remember that thing terrified me when I was a kid. Oh, I thought it was so cool. Like I was like, oh man, I hope there aren't real spider monkeys. And then someone said there are. Like what? And then they're not a spider monkey. They See, and I knew about real spider, spider monkey. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew about real spider monkeys. So I knew they looked nothing like that. And I'm yeah. like, man, if only they looked like that. <laughs> I, I no. <laughs> well, are we talking the giant one or the small one? The small one probably be okay. Oh, actually, no. That like if that yeah if that showed up in my house. <laughs> Do you want to give spiders opposable thumbs? No, not even a little. They're already uh, they're already crafty enough as Wait, it is. Instead of spinning webs, they knit webs or uh, crochet them. <laughs> just just imagine like <laughs> like a. a just imagine this spider up in the corner with like a bonnet on and like some knitting needles <laughs> spinning out from its butt and just <laughs> a sweater <laughs> it's just the fucking like the scene the fly except the spider's up in the corner knitting a sweater help me help me Give me a minute of making your sweater. <laughs> got six arms. Oh, I can see you're cold. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I don't like my food to be cold. Yes, it, yes. It's yes. It's got the bonnet on and it's making it, but it sounds like this. <laughs> I'm making you a sweater. You're saying guys like that can't wear bonnets? No, I'm not saying they can't. Wow. I'm just, <laughs> just... How offensive. Oh, my God. 
Well, that's <laughs> good night, everybody. Is that our summer movie today? We're talking about Spy Kids 2? We are not talking about Spy Kids 2. Are we going to talk about Wet Hot American Summer? We were going to talk about Wet Hot American Summer. And then we watched it. And we and we decided that the conversation would boil down to, Hey, isn't this joke funny? And hey. like, like it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. It is it's a really, really good, good summer movie. It's and we... a hilarious premise. Yes. But... It's so absurd that talking about the jokes that are in it just it like it's hard to just yeah it's it is a hundred percent a movie that you need to witness to appreciate like and I think is a thing with a lot of comedies like it's hard to like have a full like breakdown discussion on a movie where it just boils down to isn't it funny when blah 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 happens well even talking about um. Specifically talking about Black Dynamite. Like, that's that's a movie for us. Whenever we talk about it, it boils down to us quoting it. Yeah. Like, it's it's one of those movies that's amazing. But, like, if, if anybody who hasn't seen Black Dynamite sees us talking about it, we just sound like crazy people because the shit that happens in that movie is ridiculous. And if you don't have the context for it, it just sounds like two crazy people talking. And it's the same thing with Wet Hot American Summer. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's really good. Highly recommend. It's a great summer movie. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's bizarre because it's a bunch of twenty late 20-year-olds playing 17-year-olds. And then eventually 40-somethings playing 17-year-olds if you go into the prequel series. Yes. And, and they just don't address it. Yeah, it just it, is a thing. It's delightful. And then it's slightly less noticeable in the sequel series because it's a decade later. So it's like, okay, you can kind of be like, okay, that's fine. They still look way too old, but that's part of the joke. Yes. And I honestly, I appreciate that they're just like, oh yeah, we're all just coming back and playing ourselves. It's fine. <laughs> Who gives a shit? But uh, it's, uh, yeah, like that's that's really the extent of what we can talk about. We'll put out American Summer. Yeah, so we, uh, it's a short episode today. Uh, yeah, five minutes. That's it for a piece of film. Good night, everybody. All right. <laughs> um, but the other thing that happened this week... This, 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 in between the last episode and this one, mm-hmm. is I was at work and randomly I was like, I'm like, yeah, let's talk about summer movies. But then I got hit by the Halloween vibes. Yes. I was just very strongly, just one day, I'm like, wow. It's been very, Is it October? It's been very rainy in the last little while. This is before here. it started raining. It was, was still plus, it, it was plus 30 out. Oh, man. And I'm like, man, I, I'm ready for Halloween. So I started dressing in flannel and long pants. I was sweating to death. I didn't care. I'm ready for Halloween. So to compromise on our summer series. Yes. And we've already kind of done it because we've only tackled horror movies. Yes. That are summer movies, which is completely unintentional. Jaws is arguable, but it's... Jaws is a horror movie. Yeah. This is... I think what we've realized is that, like, a lot of the traditional summer movies that we really enjoy, like... Well, I guess, like... Because there's Dazed and Confused, which, like, technically is a summer movie. And, and that's like one that. I would like to watch and talk about before the end of the summer. Absolutely. Um, it's it's same thing. Unless we Gun. watch it as well and say, oh, we I don't see there's much to talk about. And then we talk about Tremors for an hour and a half. <laughs> see, Tremors I don't see as a summer movie, but as a desert movie. And there is a difference. There is. Technically. Because it's always summer. Technically. But never Christmas. Never Christmas. No. Um, that's what they need is a Christmas uh, Tremors. Well, no, there's one that's... The coldest, I think, coldest as hell. Except apparently they filmed it in like... They filmed it in a desert, and then they just color-corrected it to make it look like snow. 
Me. So they're like in like parkas and stuff, but actually it's like plus 25. It's like, what are you doing? Just come to Canada. Just come to Canada. Film it there. Um. So yeah, so no, it's just, it's been a weird Halloween-y mood already. So what are we great. going to talk about? Either? We're going to talk about a really great summer, um, summer horror movie, at mm-hmm. least for half of the movie, and then the other... Half, I don't remember which time period it takes place in. Yeah. It feels like it's all summer, but there's a bit of an autumn vibe. It feels like it's summer? It does. It does. It does. We're talking about... Carrie. Yes. <laughs> a great Stephen King adaptation involving kids dealing with a horrible monster. Oh, Cujo. Cujo. <laughs> no, it's in a small town, Ethan. Stand by me. And, and there's a monster that's been living for a very long time that comes to Salem's town. Salem's Lot? No, it's... <laughs> wow, Stephen King's a hack. <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> we at Feast of Films are big fans of Stephen King and do not think he is a hack. All right. You know, I spent a whole year getting mistaken... Not mistaken from him. But... <laughs> you did not get mistaken for Stephen King. <laughs> People were coming up to me like, hey, can you sign my copy of The Shining? <laughs> but when, so when... Yeah, yeah, Scottish tourists mistake Ethan for Stephen King <laughs> all the time. Hey, Muriel, you want to sign my copy of Kuja? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Why are they Scottish? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry if and I... And I just do. I just sign it and go like, do you think I'm that young? Okay. <laughs> or do I look that terrible? Uh, I mean, you've had significantly less cocaine than Stephen King has in your life. I sure hope it's significantly, significantly less. Significantly less. The, the snow in misery isn't snow, metaphorically. Anyway. Or actually, in the movie, they actually. just used real, like, cocaine. Just... Yep, Stephen King just opened up the, his, his, his lavish trailer and just... <laughs> <laughs> Um, we we love you, Stephen. Anyway, but specifically, so uh, so <laughs> during the time that it chapter one and chapter two was being released in theaters, I had at least like twenty different people come into work, and they'd be like, "Hey, you look like Stephen King." Yeah, I would tell you that you really look like, and that happened way too often. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it. I've I've looked at pictures i've shown pictures and people were like yeah you kind of do it i'm like how and they're like well you have glasses i'm like yeah that's, i have glasses and kind of shaggy hair that makes me look exactly like stephen king i mean i guess it's better than being compared to jim belushi i don't think anyone's ever compared you to jim belushi you're right i'm not very funny anyway you've been compared to nick frost yes that is true which and I... uh and sloth and sloth which are both just fantastic comparisons uh, hey, you guys. Um, can't believe you've only seen the Goonies once. It, it's okay. It's, actually, isn't that the main reason we we never decided to do Goonies for this? I'll watch it with you, and we can what we can talk about it. And then I could spend all an hour and a half shit talking the Goonies. <laughs> and then there'll be another hour and a half of me beating the crap out of you. <laughs> Eventually, you just fast forward the edits. <laughs> it's like just. <laughs> Say Sean Astin one more time. Uh, Say it. I dare you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the um, the it the new adaptation. I hesitate to call it a remake because like the, it's an adaptation. It's anyway, a, it's if a, we didn't get from all of our tomfoolery, we're talking about it. We're talking about it. We're talking about it. 
It. Stephen it. Stephen King's it. it. Yes, to be specific. Capital I, capital T. Not it came from outer space, or it came from the desert, or... It's a caduzzi popsicles. It comes at night. None of that. We're talking that Stephen King's it. His what? It. His id? His id? His id. His ego? His ego? His ego? His ego was his name all. Anyway, um, okay. When did when did it pop into your knowledge? When did what pop into my it? <laughs> oh, this is gonna be great. Um, I'll walk. I honestly, I'll take a long walk. Yeah, my oh my goodness. Um, my my recollection of when I was introduced to Stephen King's It. Uh, <laughs> Was when it's like when you have to talk about the thing and you have to be like John Carpenter's of the, the thing. thing. Yes, otherwise people oh, are like, yeah. oh, what thing are you talking about? Yeah, that thing. <laughs> the thing. Um, I'm see, pretty, I, think, I think the thing can be compared to to it. I'm f- I'm, I'm fair- pretty sure it can be compared to the thing. Yeah, it, like there is a lot of shared DNA for sure between those two projects. Although obviously the source material of the thing predates it quite a bit. What thing? Oh my god. You walked into <laughs> that gonna, one. This is going to be an entire Vogueville act, everybody. Get ready. Um, We're not dancing. <laughs> we did a little bit earlier. It's true. Anyway, um, so my introduction to Stephen King's It was... Uh, my my family uh, my parents always rented uh, during the October season uh, the Scream Channel on cable, yep. which just ran horror movies twenty four seven, like some horror related TV shows, things Is like that. Is that where all your like introduction to horror? A lot of like American Wolf in London, Halloween. Um, I want to say The Exorcist as well. A lot of those came from watching that channel. Like I watched so many movies that way. Or, like, watch them in portions, like, at ver- through various periods of time. And, like, which was great for me, because, like, it was always, like, it was always difficult to get movies, obviously, when you have just cable. So. Yeah. Um, and then going into town, like, trying to, like, rent stuff. Like, when I was younger, they wouldn't exactly rent movies to me. So, TV. you were a hooligan. Exactly. So, TV was always the best thing. Um, and I'm pretty sure I flipped to the channel just as a movie was starting. And I was like, oh, it, what's that? And it's, it's the, the friggin' the opening scene with Georgie. That's not the opening scene. Well, it's not the opening, but like that scene was like, it was like a little bit. And then that scene was playing, right? Hiya, Georgie. (laughs) And of course I, at this point, I don't know the magnificence that is Tim Curry, so all I'm seeing is this kid talking to a clown in a sewer, and I'm like, well, this is bizarre. This is a weird thing. This is a weird thing. And then he grabs him, like, the, you'll float tune! Ah. And, the, and that image with the fangs and shit, like, and I was like, yep, I'm done. Like, it's just, because, like, it, it, it was a particularly, of course, October, it's a particularly rainy season. So then I'm afraid to go outside, even though I live nowhere near any sewers. So, like... That was my introduction to it, and I didn't watch it for a very long time. And I was like, oh, this is the most terrifying movie of all time. And then eventually I watched it all the way through, and I'm like, this is kind of silly. Um, aside from Tim Curry, that that, mo- that miniseries is kind of silly in a lot of aspects. But that was my introduction, was like the most pants-shitting moment of the entire show. How about yourself? 
So I don't remember. You don't remember. And like, so for the longest time, I was terrified of clowns. Like clowns were like a big old nope for me. Yeah. Even now and then I get a little bit of the heebie-jeebies yeah. from them. But like, but it was a huge like nope. Like I would see. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, nope was a great movie. It was fantastic. We're not going to talk about it, but no. just got to say, yeah. go watch Nope. Go watch Nope. It needs your money. Um, so I remember the cover. I remember seeing that around. Yeah. And so I knew Very that. Very recognizable VHS cover. I don't remember if I saw it on TV for the first time, if I bought the DVD of it for the first time, and that's when I saw it, if I rented it. Mm-hmm. I remember. I don't remember how old I was. I think I watched it with my friends. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, I have mm-hmm. zero... Like, I've blacked out that memory of yeah. seeing it. And I think it's, like, because of my fear of clowns. Mm-hmm. I think that's what suppressed that. Yeah. But over time, like, it has become, like, one of my favorite franchises, period. Right. Like, it's just... It's such a good story about growing up. Well, it's, like, like one of the, like kid horse like, like i think it's fair to say stranger things would not exist if it wasn't a thing i would agree yeah on, like, um it is an incredibly influential uh story one way or the other but like again i don't know what it was that entranced me with this clown uh, it, and it did terrify me it did scare me it was tim curry probably <laughs> honestly like um, the, it's worth watching just for tim curry's performance like there's so many like little things that i quote from that Kiss me, fat boy. Kiss me, fat boy. <laughs> no, like it's and it's got do some really. Do you have really... Prince Albert in a can? You do. Well, you better let the poor guy out. <laughs> <laughs> like delightful. <laughs> I, you could go with Pennywise one year. Absolutely. That's how I might kill you. <laughs> how you doing, Ethan? <laughs> oh, <laughs> why? Um, no, like there's a lot of really good moments in it it is very cheesy it's a tv movie from the 90s yep but uh overall like it's still it was enough to you know impact me in a way that Mm. i kept watching it i've tried reading the book several times Um, you mean the thousand page novel well that's the thing and i debate (laughs) the audiobook but that's 44 hours (laughs) that's like you need you need like a solid month to get through. That's over a month. That's an hour an hour a day for over a month. I guess like depending on like because oftentimes for what we do, sometimes the locations we go to are like an hour away. So like you could probably hammer through one if you. Had, I like, could probably do yeah. it by the end of the show. I could probably do that. Mm. But like it's still a lot. It's a it's a thing. So yeah. no, it's it. I know. It's- <laughs> Yeah, the thing is much shorter. It is, yeah. It's like, it's well, like, it's a novella, right? It's like three pages. Although they yeah, discovered it's... 20 more pages. It's much Look. longer. It's a new novel. Look. Blumhouse is going to adapt it. <laughs> Novellas are just what they call it when people are too lazy to write a full book. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Well, I guess here's the question. Like, well, here's the, somewhere between a thousand pages for it and... and 80 pages for who goes there. That's like your optimal uh, length for a horror story. Yes, I'm pretty sure somewhere in that 920 page range, (laughs) there's an optimal length. There's an optimal length for a horror story. Yeah, 1,000 is too long. It's too much. And and 80 is too short. But 920, chef's kiss. That's just just sweet spot right uh, there. That's that's what it is. Um, Yeah. But no, like, I don't know. It was just something that I always really liked. I think also 
for me, it was growing up also recognizing actors, because uh, John Ritter's in there. Yep. Uh, and I grew up with, like, Three's Company and all that kind of, like... Seth Green. Yeah, that was one. also great. When I became a fan of Seth Green, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's in it. Wait, was Were Seth... You... Wait, Wait, I'm remembering things. I'm remembering things. Seth Green might have been the reason I watched it. I watched what? Stephen King's it. Oh, right. <laughs> he might have been. Because that was around the time that I did the, the deep dives per actors. Mm. And, like, I was a huge fan of Seth Green because of Robot Chicken. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like... Like, so it's also going to sound funny because I want to say he's one of the reasons I really started watching Austin Powers as well. That's hilarious. Like, I'd seen them, but, like, then I was like, Seth Green. Oh, he was in Austin Powers. Seth Green? Were you telling me people watched Austin Powers because Seth Green is in it? Like, yeah, I guess, like, I did. (laughs) Um, But, like, um, so so getting to... The lead guy is John Boy from the Waltons. Yep. My mom loved the Waltons. So like... Also, um, Emily Perkins is also one of the kids um, who is Bridget in Ginger Snaps. Yep, yep, I, she I, is. Yeah, she plays a young... Young... Beverly. Ba- yeah, Beverly, yeah. What was that? Beverly. Beverly. Well, I was like, Beth... Them, put your, put them, your hands in the air. Okay, you're good. <laughs> um, and then Annette O'Toole from Smallville um, was uh, Old Beverly. Yeah. So it's like, so there was a lot of different connections of things that I watched mm-hmm. that I knew these. I'm pretty sure I knew Tim Curry from several things. Oh, of course. I, Home Alone I, 2 wasn't your introduction? No, my introduction to Tim Curry actually was Red Alert 2. He was played the Russian general in the cinematics. That's the first thing you that saw. That is the him? first thing I ever saw Tim Curry in. And when I found out he wasn't Russian, boy, was I surprised. You also find out that he wasn't in Spies. He was in Spies. <laughs> I will go to the one place unaffected by capitalism. Spies. <laughs> Just acting the shit out of it. But like, and um, then when I found out that Russians were not actually that silly, well, it was, it was a it was a shock to me. Were they Russian or were they dragon? Uh, sometimes, depending on the difficulty, they'd be dragging their forces. Yes, but if you increase the uh, if you increase the difficulty in Red Alert, they would be rushing their troops out. I see. RTSs are fun. Anyway, yes. Um, Ritz. Spray. Ritz. <laughs> Um, Funny enough, he's from space in that movie. They don't really go into the mythology in that movie. Not really, no. The new one definitely... Dabble. Which I appreciated. I loved that in the new one. Yes. They they did not bury the lead on... Well, there's one thing that they did leave out, and they only kind of just referenced. The, the friggin' turtle. No, the turtle was the one who gave the message to them. In the new movie? Yeah. The turtle is not in the new the movie. The turtle is totally in the new movie. It is not in the new movie. Very briefly at the beginning. What? Yeah. I do not remember this at all in chapter two. That is that is not a thing. It's on one of the sketches. It's reference. He's not a character. But no, he's... they they. That's what I'm saying. Like uh, the, the the like they do the ritual of chewed and like all that stuff. But specifically, Which I'm glad they did. Yes, like they did not bury the lead on that. Like the original did because oh yeah the original one it was just like oh we're just gonna go back down there and try again (laughs) if we kill it with silver okay i didn't realize pennywise was was a werewolf he is although in the book yes this is that no in in the in the original one too he turns into a werewolf to scare richie yes and that's like something um 
I appreciate that they kind of updated as well with the uh, the new one. Because in, cause in the book, Pennywise is just kind of like one of the forms. Yeah, Pennywise is one of the forms. And basically what it is is he... Um... He just takes on the form of whatever you're scared of the most. Yeah. And he like and that's in the original one and that's in the new one. Mm-hmm. In the original one though, because it was like the height of the fifties, like a lot of what he turned into was Universal Monster movies. Yeah. Or Universal Monsters. Mm-hmm. So I wanna say the creature even makes an appearance. Frankenstein makes an appearance. Yeah. Wolfman makes an appearance. And obviously if you're gonna update it for like taking place like the the kid portion take place in the eighties, changing it to like more those kind of monsters make sense what i appreciated about in the modern take was that they they updated it to being less just generic scary things that could scare anybody and more of personal experiences yeah like personal fears like the 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 friggin the the messed up sick dude that the leper yeah yeah the leper following around uh friggin it's not richie it's eddie right Eddie, yeah following around eddie because he's a hypochondriac um obviously like bev and the whole stuff with her dad which like the fire the fire and mike yep um georgie and bill like that's Mm -hmm. like i liked that yeah like that felt way more like again it also isn't like super distracting like oh suddenly the wolf man's here and like although would be hilarious if suddenly just like (laughs) the original creature from the black lagoon suit just shows up it's just (laughs) Um, but no, again, that's what I really, I really appreciated that about, like, about the new one. Yeah. And, like, I know a lot of people crapped on, like, the, the second chapter. I loved it. Like, I thought yeah. it was great. I legit, like, the, the casting for the adults was, like, pitch perfect for, like, 70% of them, in my opinion. Like, like, like the guy honestly, they got to play adult Eddie just straight up looks like him as an adult, which is crazy. Like, that. So, oh, I thought Bill Hader was an unexpected absolutely like un, like i wasn't expecting him to be nearly the caliber of acting that i saw and like that was kind of when it really opened my eyes to like bill Hader as an actor like he's not just not, improv comedy guy he's just a funny guy no he's he's got talent like mm-hmm. I, I really want to watch barry because apparently he's fantastic and i've heard great things about barry right um but honestly and they didn't do a bad job but james mcavoy and jessica chastain were yeah. kind of the weakest casting points. Mm-hmm. And like that's not because they weren't good. It, it just, just was overshadowed by the fact that it was James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain. Yeah, it didn't necessarily... like Bill Hader kind of overcame the fact that he was Bill Hader and did feel like an adult version of Richie. Well, it also helps that him and Finn kind of look... Yeah. Like, again, they're skinny, awkward guys. 100%. Whereas, like, if you look at James McAvoy and... Uh, Oh, what's his name? What's the kid's name? I can't remember the kid actor's name. But I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Like, he's really good. I get, like, to be clear, like, the cast for, like, the kids and the adults is solid. Oh, the cast for 100%. the kid, uh, Jaden Martell, that's who it is. Yeah. The cast for the kids was amazing. Like, I, mm-hmm. they were great. Like, they yeah. absolutely were pitch perfect casting. I never had an issue with them. Because, again, that first chapter is amazing. If that yeah. first chapter is all that we got, mm-hmm. would have been great. Would have been fine, as much as I would have loved to have seen the adult stuff if we didn't. Yeah. Great. Well, and smartly, they did separate the two stories. Yes. And I think that was, like, and, like, obviously, like, for the adult stuff, they do do flashbacks to them as kids, but that's because 
that stuff was really strong in that original film. So, like, I think they knew they kind of needed to. Yes. And also to, like, still have that connection to the younger ones. Um, but smartly, they kept, like, the first story was just, like, all the stuff when they're kids and kept it really tight. And then the the second chapter concentrated on them being adults. And that was a very smart decision. Because yes. the, the, uh, the original adaptation, like, I do find it's kind of hard to... Like, again... I thought that that scene with Georgie was the opening scene because it just logically makes sense to me that that would be the first thing that you would show in the story. But in reality, you're right. I believe that's when uh, that happens after Mike calls uh, calls him, right? So, yeah. but And, like, that's... But I personally, I love that opening. Like, I love the opening where, like, it's just a little girl playing and then she gets taken by Pennywise and you see him through the bedsheets. Yeah. Like, that was an effective horror thing. Mm-hmm. Like... It's happening again. Yeah. What is? <laughs> Think, Bill. Think. Think, Bill. One, yeah, like, it's just really effective horror storytelling. And, like, it's also, like, I would argue, like, there's some... There's definitely some gory bits. Like, that opening scene alone, like... In the new one? Or in the new one. Oh, yeah. Like, like no, like, I was expecting them to pull their punches... No, because they in just... the first, in the first, like in the original one, it just kind of like, okay, he lunges at him, we cut away. <sighs> Whereas, like, in the new one, Georgie's arm is just ripped right off, he just bites him right and off. You see, like, and you see, him and he's crawling, crawling away, away in the blood and the water, with no went, arm, and he's oh a child. It's God. like, like I was like, I was just like, okay, that's the movie we're getting. Yup, they they're not pulling any punches. Um, and like, yeah, like. Bill Skarsgård is absolutely awesome. He's delightful. He's great. Pennywise. Like, he like he steals the scene, and, ev- like, every scene he's in, he steals. Um, I, I was concerned a bit, because I, well, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he was in. I think what the most well, we had seen him in was... Well, a lot of people, like... Hemlock Grove? Hemlock Grove, we had seen him in before. Like, a lot of people knew him, like, you believe his Vampire Diaries he was in? Or True Blood or something? No. I but, think you're thinking Alexander... I don't, I don't remember. Which, which Skarsgård was in the vampire show? <laughs> I could have sworn Bill was in something before that. Oh, he was a vampire in Hemlock Grove. Oh, right. Because <laughs> he was in Castle Rock. Oh, he's in Castle Rock. We gotta watch Castle Rock. We really do. I've heard good things about it. Oh, he was the voice of the, okay. I was curious. It said he was in, uh. Eternals. I'm like, I don't remember seeing him in Eternals. Yeah, he was the 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 big uh, the 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 big uh, Morlock. Not a Morlock. What was? <laughs> um, apparently he was supposed to be, or he's gonna be in John Wick Chapter Four. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how accurate this is. Apparently he's now the lead of the Crow reboot. I like that better than Jason Momoa. <laughs> Nothing against Jason Momoa, but like he's he's just like he's friggin' huge, man. Like. Although the current, at least at least according to this, the director is apparently supposed to be the guy who did uh, Snow White and the Huntsman and Ghost in the Shell. That movie has been such like post production, like pre production hell that like I'm just convinced it's never going to happen. Which is a bit of a like I I don't think The Crow is an entirely untouchable um, film, but um, filming began in July 2022. <laughs> Well, there is, um, I guess it's finally happening. 
I there's actually um there is test footage of Jason Momoa in the crow makeup and he doesn't look bad but like he's just so goddamn massive that it's like yeah of course he's going to kick someone's head. like if Jason Momoa came out of the dark with that friggin makeup on I'd be like friggin uh like he looks more like uh what's the wrestler with the makeup is it Sting like, he looks more like Sting than the Crow. I think you're right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm now into this deep dive of... Bill Skarsgård's career? No, um, apparently there's something else coming out with it. Hmm? I'm looking it up. I'm looking it well, up. Well, I know they did, uh, they did, like, a VR experience with it, but apparently it was really quite good. No, it's an HBO Max thing. Oh. They're doing a new... Ad- oh, maybe are they doing... Uh, they finally got to do that edit? maybe mean to find out unless it got scrapped suddenly well because obviously uh andrew machetti machetti <laughs> spaghetti andrew the guy who directed uh chapter one chapter two and currently was directing the flash movie obviously him and warner brothers have a decent relationship because of those films so i'm hoping he gets to do his edit at some point he wanted to for those who don't know he was wanting after chapter two came out to essentially take both both films and essentially like throw in like any deleted scenes and like possibly film new stuff with the actors and essentially do a re-edit of both films that would be closer to the format of the book and he was talking about it being like a seven hour long so movie. it looks like it is because it was announced it looks like it's actually a prequel to the they're doing a prequel series. Oh. And honestly, I'm fine with that. Well, and like, it's... I I think, like, you, you totally can do that with this particular... Uh, because, again, they talk about, like, every 27 years. And you see little, like, glimpses of when it's come back to Derry. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's a rich history that you could actually explore. 100%. And, like, yeah, like that, I'm more than fine with. In a similar sense of, like, uh, like how I talk about, like, I'd love to see a Predator miniseries where it's, like, different time periods and, like, just friggin' show different groups of people how they dealt with it. Like, yeah, like, if you go back to, like, the, the late 1800s and, like, how to, like, the loggers deal with this thing, like, because I don't know exactly how far back it exists in the lore. Like, maybe you know that more of that than I do. But once in the book, it's been there for hundreds of years. In the book, it was there for millions of years. Like, it landed oh, right, with the yeah, dinosaurs yeah. and then got, like, trapped. And, like, yeah, like, it... Yeah, so, like, there's a lot of wiggle room for what you can do based in the dairy area, as it were. The dairy area? The dairy air. <laughs> Isn't that a joke in the TV movie, dairy air? I feel I like I feel like so. it's something Richie says. Also, uh, so specifically... Alexander Skarsgård was in True Blood. Okay, that's the that's the Skarsgård. And he played a character called Eric Northman. Oh my god. <laughs> Full circle. It's all come back. As, uh, yeah, Omleth didn't uh, didn't die. He just, you know, he got bit by a vampire. Exactly. Clearly. Um that's hilarious. Um cuz I know originally Will Poulter was supposed to play Pennywise. And, like, thinking about it, especially him as an actor, again, I was nervous about that because I was like, 
my context for Will Poulter was he was a kid. Yeah. So, like, because I knew him from, like, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, where he's, like, mm. he's maybe 13, 14. Yeah. And I'm like, why the heck would they cast such a young kid to play this character? But, like, and he, like but he was, in fact, an adult at the time. He, yeah, he was he was older at the time. And, like, looking at what he's acted in now and kind of how much he's grown, 100% mm. he could have done it. Well, again, I know both you and I were, like, when we found out he was cast as uh, Adam Warlock for Guardians 3, we were both, like... Okay. Um, and then the pictures came out and of him, like, and it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and just... Like, holy shit. What happened to him? Will Disney S- happened Will, to him. Will Swalter. <laughs> yep, that's him. <laughs> yeah, that's... Was Mickey in the casting room? Yep, that's our guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pam Goldgame in front of the camera, James. Um. (laughs) Oh my god. So anyway, back to it. Yes, but no, like, oh, like, but at the end of the day, like, Bill Bill Skarsgård fucking killed it. Like he, like, he was immersed in that character, and apparently, like, like him and the rest of the cast got on really well. But he, like generally isolated himself from them for the most part mostly because he would spend like hours in makeup and then he'd scare the crap out of them yeah because i like i think i remember seeing behind the scenes like the first time they were on set like they didn't let the kids see him before he popped out like for that big scene in the house um they didn't want him to see him before the initial reaction apparently yeah like he just scared the shit out of him well, I want to say that there's even, like, pictures of, like, Bill Hader where he's, like, just caught off guard by him doing his, like, eye thing. And... Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things that got him cast, too, was, like, the weird shit that he could do with his face. And, like, it just it gives, like, Pennywise this, like, really off-putting feel to him. Like, just the physical acting that <laughs> Bill Skarsgård. Like, that dance sequence in the <laughs> in the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> just such a good just so good fucking they like uh fucking spencer from ice nine kills does that dance in the music video for it is the end there's just a brief clip of him doing it and i'm just like <laughs> like i just <laughs> died um can't feel a pulse <laughs> um but yeah so like when you found out they were, like, yeah, when you found they were going to do a new adaptation... Oh, I was excited. I wasn't yeah. even, like, there was not a moment in me that was like, oh, I don't know if they should do this. I'm like, a big budget It adaptation? They're going for it? Like, well, let's do it! Well, because that was around the time that, like, horror was back in an upswing. Like, this is, like, post-conjuring... They... Well, and it was Warner Brothers producing it, and Warner Brothers had a great string of horror like yeah like they were finally like like horror was finally getting the like kind of the 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 fancier treatment they had me and you going to theaters for new horror releases yeah which hadn't been a thing for a while because like horror kind of just fell off the wagon for quite some time with the uh kind of the more extreme stuff and then there was just like all the saw films the saw film like like yeah there was like the 
I don't like using the phrase, but like the torture porn films, and like a lot of the like Blum the not the Blumhouse. Uh, it was a bit of Blumhouse. The the Platinum Dunes remakes, yep. like stuff like that. So like it just kind of like fell off the wagon, and you got you know, there was cool shit happening in like the indie world for sure. But like as far as like stuff that was going to theaters, like there wasn't really a whole lot of like big like. Events. Nothing, at least like, nothing that made us want to go. And then, yeah. but then as soon as it came out, or was announced, we were like, like I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be there in theaters. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the trailer came out, I'm like, I'm definitely gonna be there in theaters. Yeah. And then I think I actually I watched the first trailer, and I don't think I watched it anymore because I wanted to keep it as yeah vague as possible. And I'm glad I did because again, I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. like it was a great theatrical experience, and like. uh one of our friends who, like, generally she's not a big horror person. Even she went to go see it in the theater because everybody was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, yeah, like... Did we see it a few times? We did, like, I'm pretty sure... I think I went, I, like, at least two or three. I know I saw it at least twice. I think I saw it three times. Um, But, like, it was, like, the first time in a while that I really thought about that, like, there was a, like, theatrical horror event. Because I think the last one I really recalled was, like... Because The Conjuring was a, obviously a big release for people. Yes. Like, The Conjuring, like, had, like, this big, like, thing about it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's 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 rated R because it's just scary. There's nothing But like... I know me and you didn't see it until it came out on DVD. Yes. Like, we didn't initially go see it. Because, again, like, we had been we had been burned before by, like, the, the, the horror hype train, as it were. Yes. So we did not see that one in theaters. And then before that, I think, like, Scream 4 was the last, like, big, like, holy crap, this is a big horror event because friggin' Scream is coming back. See, now I want to go back and look at our, our, uh, my and Matt's episode on 2017 movies because I think it was my top pick, but it might have been Guardians 2. It would be neck and neck for sure. Both are great. Well, guys, this has never happened before. <laughs> Were you actually going back? And I'm gonna go back. Oh my god! Entertain the people. Yo, yo, dog! I heard you like the Feast of Films, so we're watching an episode of a Feast of Films during a recording of a Feast of Films. That's an old reference. I like that. You're welcome. Um, just like this, just like this movie did some old references. I I remember there was there was a big thing. Because they, in one of the trailers, they showed a, uh, they showed the movie theater in the main town was showing Batman and Lethal Weapon 2. And there were so many jackasses who were like, uh, actually, Batman and Lethal Weapon 2 would never have been in the theater at the same time because Lethal Weapon came out five months earlier. That was never a thing. It's like, first of all, it's a movie, calm down. Second of all... (laughs) Uh, I, and I can attest to this, small town theaters tend to get shit at weird times. So it's a, like, it is entirely possible that like, A, like if Batman was like the big, cause when did the movie take place again? Like it was during the summer. Obviously. I want to say like, it was 89. Day, yeah. Like it, it takes place in 89, obviously, but like, and during the summer and like Batman came out that summer and Lethal Weapon 2 was also a big release. So it's possible like... If both those movies were making bank at the time and the movie theater can only afford, like, two movies to bring to the cinema, they're going to pick those two movies because those are the big movies. So, 
a lot of people were just kind of being jackasses about that. And Gosh, like, we've, oh. we've come such a long way from our humble beginnings. <laughs> so I always thought that was like, like a nitpicky stuff. But then there was like, uh... <laughs> I like Kong Skull Island. Yeah, Kong Skull Island. <laughs> I know this is going to be really exciting for our audio listeners. I'm just doing my best. <laughs> In all honesty, I completely forgot that we didn't film back then. So I was expecting to at least see. Yeah, no. The, I could watch and kind of figure out what I was talking about. Video, videos, videos, the new. Literally the last, like, t- yeah, I'll find out later. But I think it was one of my favorite films of the year. No, not, like, like 100% like it would be, yeah. Like, I feel like it was. I feel like it's at least in my top three, if not mm-hmm. my top one. Yeah. Um, Is it fair to say that, like, obviously you like Chapter 1 more than Chapter 2, but, like, not by much, I'm assuming. I have watched Chapter 1 more. Yeah. But that's also because it's been out longer. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I need to go back and rewatch. Like, I want to rewatch both. I do want to have, like... Like a back-to-back screening. Well, I've done that a couple times now, and it's so good. It's I, so I don't good. think I have yet. I don't think I've done that yet myself. But I've definitely seen that first film a couple times. No, Power Rangers, that was definitely my favorite film of that year. Mm-hmm. The only thing I thought was kind of weird, uh, continuity-wise, between, like, part one and part two, because in part one, like, I, I get in the book, I guess... They make Mike the historian of the group, like the one that's like kind of done more research into the town and like these different incidents and things like that. In the new movie, they make Ben the historian and they give him that character trait. But then in chapter two, Mike's the one who stayed in the town and brings them all back and like which calls is them accurate up. to the. Yeah, calls them up and like, hey, this thing. And like, oh, I've done this research and all that. It's like, it's weird to me that they like changed gears between chapter one and chapter two. And I feel like part of that is because people are like, why the hell did you take that away from Mike? Because <laughs> in chapter two, that's what he does. And I could see it if they were going to like swap the roles a bit and have Mike be the one that left and like have Ben be the one who stayed. But like, they didn't really do that. So. No, and at the end of the day, like, it worked. Like, it, it just, yeah, like, like it, was, it does work. It was fine, and I think it all comes down to, like, when they decide to introduce those characters and just little things they changed about the well, story. It, but it kind of, like, to me, it also makes sense to make that change. And maybe this is just me justifying it. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense because you have you have a kid who, his entire life, he's terrorizing that town, and he's got to be the one who wants to get out the most. And the tragedy is that he never does. He is still trapped there. Yeah. No, of course. And then addressing that within the story itself with uh, by Byers? Yep. Yeah. Um, the bully Bowers. character. Bowers. Thank you. Henry Bowers. Henry Bowers, the like the bully character, and like adding that aspect to him. And like being that the reason why like Mike comes to the group and like they form that friendship. I thought that was very powerful. I thought that was really good. <laughs> the, the rocks like the, the the random like editing decisions that the the movie makes like when they rock war rock war and freaking anthrax starts playing (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just so random but like again like it has that energy of like 
summertime adventures where it's just like random shit will just happen and you just kind of like the tone of the, the day will change because oh we're doing this now and it had that vibe and then the other one is the uh the new kid on the block part where yeah they go to ben's room and behind his uh Behind his door is the new kids on the blog poster. And then, uh... Just, like, the, the kicking with the song. Yep. And then, like, yeah. Bev and, uh, Ben make eye contact. And she just, clo- like, moves the door so no one else sees it. No, like, it's got a good... It's got a good range of comedy. It's got a good range of heart. Mm-hmm. It's got a good adventure. That's probably why I dig it. Like, I love films that have a sense of adventure to it. Yeah. That's kind of my big... That's my big thing. Is like, your movie has to have some kind of adventure tone to it mm-hmm. on like i it it does a really good job of setting things up in its first and second act and then bring it back at the end like uh obviously like you've got the the cattle gun that mike yep. that mike uses later and also how they use that within the context of how they beat pennywise is also really cool I like that. It's a it's a they little more him. it's a little more cinematic than the slingshot in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's like yeah, there's like all the stuff of like with Bev and like her stuff with the dad, and then how that ends up coming back in the end, and how they beat Pennywise. I like that they didn't sugarcoat that. Absolutely. Like I'm like again, it's handled tastefully. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to what was it we were talking about that it was something was handled tastefully. Oh, friggin', uh... Oh, and Sandman. Yes. Yes, uh, so watch Sandman, by the way. Sandman is that's, also fantastic, That's yes. gotta be a whole, that's gotta be a whole episode we gotta talk about Sandman. I would love to talk about I would about love Sandman. to talk about Sandman. It's so good. It's very Oh, well goodness. Done. I have been treated in the last week and a bit here to just mm. great storytelling. Because mm. Sandman, only murders in the building. Everything, everything everywhere, everywhere all at once. once. Nope. nope. It's been just so good. It's been such a good time for content. 100%. And it's all stuff that, like just it's unlike stuff i've seen before and i love it i absolutely love it three of those things original ips mm-hmm. whereas i watched the devil's advocate for the first time recently and oh boy yeah how did you like that <laughs> sorry we got to derail this because like i was curious it's not I, it's not bad it's simultaneously it i i didn't know i don't know if i was watching a good movie or not is the best, i know like, right because like <laughs> Because Keanu Reeves, first of all, his accent's much better in this than his accent in Dracula, I will say that. Well, because he's doing a British accent in Dracula, he wasn't doing... I know where the bastard sleeps. And he's doing an American <laughs> one in this one, which is closer to the Canadian accent. Yes. Like, it is the Kentucky accent definitely... Uh, I'm a Kentucky lawyer. Yeah. It's not quite as, like, comical as uh, Bill Paxton's Kentucky accent in Edge of Tomorrow, which is still, like, I, I love him in that movie. But, like, like... There were times when I was like, holy crap, this is like a really great, like, this is really great what's happening here. And it almost like has that like kind of Rosemary's baby feel to it. But then there's, but then Al Pacino, (laughs) every time Al Pacino is on screen, the movie changes into a completely different film. And he just, because he steals every scene, he's like, it's a... Spoiler alert, him as the devil is just... Oh, he's amazing. He's so delightful. It's not a spoiler, it's in the title. Well, you don't know, like, if it's, like, just a weird story about lawyers, but eventually it turns into a supernatural thing. Um, and, like, 
Like, Charlize Theron's really good in it as well. Like, Charlize Theron's going for a friggin' Oscar. I always forget that she's in it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, but, yeah, Al Pacino, every time he's he's on screen, the movie turns into a completely different tone. It's a, it, it's a fun watch, but I'm never 100% sure if I'm watching a good movie or a, like... I don't even want to say so bad. It's good. It's hard for me to quantify. I enjoyed watching. It was it. enjoyable. Though. It was a very enjoyable movie. But uh, do you feel it could uh, it could have a remake? Yes, I feel you could. It's one of those movies that, like, if you remade it, you could remake it really well. Yeah, like especially like the ending makes it very <laughs> unclear exactly what the hell happened to. Yeah, so exactly. like, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I not was not a fan of the way it ended. If it ended about five minutes earlier, it would have been fine. But... <laughs> And it's it's a really long movie too. For it, what is, it is like it's I'm, it needed to be slightly shorter, but like overall, I I enjoyed it. But also, it coming out in '97 makes perfect sense. Yes, like absolutely. It's, uh, like, like, funny enough, you could like it almost like it almost feels tonally in the same universe like that. Like, uh, friggin' um, Gabriel Byrne could be playing the exact same satan in a different body and in, in, in end of days yes totally it feels like the same like this is just another plan he had to like to rule the world it's like oh it didn't work with uh keanu reeves i guess i'll try with arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> so I, yeah like it was uh it was interesting it was interesting to say the least i just need one more uh satan movie that i could make it my own like head canon trilogy We'll work on that. We'll come back and figure that out. Yeah, because it's, it's got me a movie between, like, because Devil's Advocate, we were introduced to the devil. We need a movie in between. And then End of Days is the end of the trilogy. We'll have to find that third movie. Anyway. But no, like, overall, it's uh, just prophecy. <laughs> prophecy. <laughs> the Viggo Mortensen. There we go. He's the middle chapter. There we go. There's your... <laughs> there's your... Don't quote me on that. Yeah, there's your... The, the devil as weird businessman trying to end world in New York City. Move. Yes, that's what it's gotta be. So exactly. There's the, the, the devil in there's New York... There's gotta be one. The devil in New York trilogy. Or Comment right down one. below what you think the middle chapter in the devil in New York trilogy is. That or we write it. We'll write it ourselves. We're gonna, we're gonna make it... We'll make end of days and... Uh, <laughs> And Devil's Advocate canon to each other. The end of Devil's Days. But who's... And the Devil will be played by, uh... By, uh, Jeff Bridges in our movie. Talking about Duracell batteries. (laughs) When you sell your soul... Um... Don't uh, look at me. Oh my god. Anyway, just something random moved in our house. It was me, the one armed man. We we may die on camera. Anyway. Um but no, uh do you have a favorite do you have a favorite scene in the like between the two films, do you have a favorite scene that you really enjoy? No, I don't think I do. Not a specific scene? No. Like I think I just like a lot of it. Like that's basically kind of it. Mm. I don't think there's a specific like really thinking about it, there's not a specific scene or moment that really sits with me mm-hmm. um i feel like i don't overall it just works as a really solid piece yeah um 
Yeah, I genuinely can't think of any. Like, have I mentioned it before? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, I was just curious if there was a moment for you that, like, really stood out as far as, like... No, like, it's it's all just kind of just one big masterpiece. Because there are definitely scenes that I really enjoy and just how they were executed. Mm-hmm. Like, again, um, Bev, when... Um, when she's, like, in the bathroom, that one scene, the friggin' balloon comes out and, like, pops and just covers the entire room with blood. And then, uh, that's a scene in the thing. No. Where there's just, there's blood all over the bathroom. Well, the blood all over the bathroom, but I think it comes out of, the, it all comes, pours out of the sink. Remember? I thought, oh, you know what, I'm mixing it up with the, uh, the... The, the, the library in the original. Yes. Where, well, no, there's a scene where, like, a balloon comes out of the sink in uh, the Tim Curry one, I'm pretty sure. And I think I'm mixing it up. It doesn't come out of the sink. I'm positive there's a Or balloon. no, no, I think you might be... Because, yeah, bubbles up and then... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, but and then, then a similar thing happens in the library in that one, too. Yeah, and then her dad... That her dad comes in and, like, just he doesn't see it. And it's coated in blood. Yeah, and she's just fucking freaking out and shit. Like, how terrifying that would be if, like, you were the only one seeing this thing. And, they're like, that's already, like, a rocky relationship, to say the least. And, like, just that whole bit of tension there. And then when they all show up and they can, like, all the other kids show up and they the see it. The 80s montage of them cleaning. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's great. That's a great little, like, she, she gets that, that support that she needs in that scenario and i thought that was really great too like no, and like that's it's a wonderful movie about friendship like it's got that like it is though yeah like it's got that like 80s like it, it again like i talk about like movies that feel like 80s movies and like movies that are trying to be 80s movies and then there's movies that like feel like they were made in the 80s and a lot of stuff in it chapter one feels like it has that 80s movie feel to it. Yeah. But it also, it still has a modern sensibility to it as well. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. No, like, just, yeah. Really solid two-parter. Like, I, like, I know a lot of people shit on part two. I think it's really great. You know, the fact that they belittle, they bully Pennywise to death. That's... Yes. <laughs> no one likes you. Ah, oh, stop! <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> then why aren't you withering? Oh, I am. I'm getting wrinkly by the day. But you look like you're expanding. I am. I am. I have been. I have been going to the gym. I am. I am. You're swollen. I'm swollen up. Pretty soon I'm gonna be you're sitting. Swollen up and slimming down. Like I won't be able to put my arms down on the chairs. Like welcome to a feast of films, everyone. Put your hands up. I can't. We've got the camera over there, and there's this light right there. We've got another light over there. <laughs> Just flexing for everybody. Just, anyway, we're talking. <laughs> this the podcast is now exclusively Hulk Hogan movies. It's uh, and sponsored by today. Uh, we're talking about Suburban Commando Brother. <laughs> sponsored by Gold's Gym. Gold's uh, Gym. <laughs> oh, yes. amazing. That, I'm, glad, that, I'm glad you're going to the gym and work. That's that, yourself, man. That, that's good. what uh, that's nice. that's what they needed. They needed uh, Pennywise needed to turn into Hulk Hogan for a scene. <laughs> but like old Hulk Hogan, not '80s Hulk Hogan. It's what they're afraid Hulk Hogan will become. Yes. 
A racist. That would be now that'd be terrible. Like you get that Paul Bunyan scene in the second one, except it's a giant Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and when Pennywise is singing about a dirty secret, he's talking about Hulk Hogan's, not about Richie's. <laughs> I know your secret. No, no, uh instead Bill Hader would be uh, Macho Man would play adult Richie. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about, brother. Oh no. <laughs> um also the music the music i really loved that yeah. was something i like like that uh, i think you remember me going on about the original soundtrack and then i just picked up the second one on record as well like that little like the piano the piano like the 20 it's uh, every 27 years of the track and it is yeah. one of the most beautiful and haunting tracks 100 percent um it's really yeah like the the soundtrack's really good um yeah score is really good it's shot very well it has a lot of, like it has there was a lot of like really good like frames you could take and like be solid backgrounds or like you could do artist renditions of like it's got very iconic looking scenes well that's where i'd really like to see um i'd love to see something that's an original ip by the director absolutely like i'm hoping like again i was hoping after uh, the flash that that's what he was going to get to do like, just, like, some cool horror shit. Or whatever he wants to do, really. But, like, he's got a clear handle on, like, how to handle an ensemble. Well, because Mama was... Was Mama one that he wrote, or was it just one that he... I think he just... Yeah, wrote... he wrote it. Yeah. Because that was produced by Del Toro? Yeah, because he did yeah. He did his... Uh, he did, the sh- I think, the short of it, or... Yeah, he did yeah. the short of it, and then got to make that. And Mama was pretty well. I, that's one I have yet to see. Oh, he's been the executive producer. Oh, now I gotta watch Lock and Key. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, because he's the producer on that one. Yeah, I think I looked that up. Executive producer. Yeah. So he's like, he's still doing shit, obviously, and like, I I feel so bad for. Well, yeah, right now. Well, his he's been like since it chapter two for the last four years. He's been tied up in that Flash movie. Yeah. And now it's, yeah, may or may not come out, and it's like, what's gonna be the next thing? But hopefully. He gets to do something after that, and he doesn't get, like... His, I hope his career doesn't get derailed because of what happened with this movie. Uh, I don't know how much this is accurate or how much this is updated, but as of 2020, it was announced he'd be directing a remake of The Howling. Really? For Netflix, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, no, I did hear about that. Um, I say do it. Yeah. I heard, apparently, it'll be... They always say this every time. It'll be closer to the book, but, like... Funny enough, they the all... Howling is a book. Yeah. The, the 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 movie is very different from the book. Like the the basic premise of like the um like the werewolf colony that stuff is there, but like they did uh, the Howling Four actually was just a new adaptation that was closer to the book, and from what I gather, wasn't done very well. So they can only go up from uh, there. Well, now I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. And, like, so, actually, speaking of book adaptations with horror stuff, um, started uh, the beginning of... I started the... Sorry, I'm going to sneeze. Thank you! Bless you. Thank you. Um, I started the uh, audiobook for the novel that uh, Nightbreed is based off of. Ooh. Very accurate. 
Okay. Like, really accurate adaptation. But it helps when the writer is kind of the one behind it. And then a man who looks a lot like David Cronenberg walked in. <laughs> no, that, that's one of the big changes is he's uh, he's fat in the book. Oh. Well, David Cronenberg wasn't going to gain weight for the role. I don't think he physically can. Yeah. Because when he sheds the weight, he literally sheds every... Just, it's just skin falling off. It's horrific. Oh, yes. That, that... It's David Cronenberg. Yeah, that's... Welcome to David Cronenberg's weight loss program. Ah! Now you're the first thing you're gonna to want to do is just get rid of this. <laughs> oh Jesus! And uh, we have the guest of Clive Barker as well. It's just body parts everywhere. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're, they're yeah. Their fitness tape will be called Body Parts, featuring um... doing a jump. Yeah, jumping rope with uh, the chains from fucking. What was the actor Hellraiser. in Body Parts? Oh, Jeff Fahey. Jeff Fahey. Yeah, featuring Jeff Fahey, yeah. We see what you're going to want to do is get in a car accident lose your arm. That's a good 20 pounds right wanna there. Want to lose this. Just, that's a good 20 pounds right there that you don't need. Do you feel people just watch this and go like, what are they talking about? What's wrong with you? Watch body parts. It's quite good. Um, it's like idle hands, but for adults. Yes. It's like it's like the halfway point between... Um, the reanimator and idle hands? Yes. Absolutely. Um, Jesus Christ. No, I think we got something here. We can make, uh, horror, horror, uh, workout videos. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a thing. I don't think I'm, I'm like at all capable of being like a spokesperson for working out <laughs> for videos fit. at all. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly there myself. Like, at least you're doing it. I'm sitting here just enjoying my life. <laughs> I don't hate myself. Fair enough. Um... <laughs> So I guess here's the next question: Is this your favorite Stephen King adaptation? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what other ones I've really watched that I've really been. Because like, it's... like what other ones have had a big, a big of an impact on my life as this one has? Right. Because like. I, I would definitely say it's in my top five favorite Stephen King adaptations. Well, I feel like Green Mile is going to be the top one for you. Absolutely. I'm cheating. And I've never seen That's it. That's me cheating, of course, but, like, it, it's a Stephen King adaptation. I don't give a shit. Um, I've never seen it, so I don't yeah, know. It's like, one, of, one of my favorite movies. Um, And it's, like... That's the movie that always comes out of nowhere when people, like, ask me what my favorite movies are. Uh, when I say The Green Mile, they're just like, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me? But it just, it's just a great movie. Um, it's like, yeah, like, oh, you, the, the John Carpenter's a thing, Jaws, Hot Fuzz, The Green Mile, what? <laughs> um, crap. Because Carrie I really liked. Mm-hmm. Shining yeah. is great. Yep. Literally, you're listing ones that would be in my top five. I think I've actually seen most of them. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Firestarter. Because it would probably... Um, yeah, continue. I haven't seen Lawnmower Man. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't seen that. Shawshank Redemption is just, like... Yeah, Shawshank Redemption is just, like, a like, just a damn good movie. I forgot The Night Flyer was a Stephen King movie. Which was surprisingly really good. It was also just really weird. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's... That is one that, like, A, I think, like... 
Shout Factory is leaving money on the table if they don't give that a Blu-ray at some point. And, uh, and B, that is a, that is a hundred percent one that you could remake, like do a new adaptation. Um, the other Stephen King vampire story. Edgar Wright's making the running man. What? At least that's what I'm seeing here. That's new to me. I guess technically, yeah, that would be another. But, like, I always think of, like, his horror stuff. But, like, yeah, The Running Man is technically... But the thing is, The Running Man is so different from its source material that I hesitate to say that's one of my favorite adaptations. Uh, looks like uh, James Wan might be tackling Tommy Knockers, possibly. Interesting. That's def- that that is watch. definitely one that could use a remake. Tommy Knocker and Langoliers are two that I want to watch. Yeah, because those are um, miniseries. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I think they are my favorite adaptations. Mm-hmm. But there are other ones that are also just as good. Like, yeah. there, there are ones that are amazing. Because The Shining is unquestionably a classic. Yeah. Like, and again, people like, oh, Stephen King didn't like it. It's like, it doesn't really it doesn't yeah, take I don't a, care it doesn't take away from the quality of the film at the end of the day i know we, we both enjoyed the mist yeah the mist would be like really high up there for me i really like that movie misery misery's fantastic tales from the dark side yep stand by me is a classic it's creep show technically or is that well creep show was like an original thing creep show is what he he wrote yeah maximum overdrive creep show he wrote uh, Cat's Eyes he wrote Silver Bullet, um, Bullet he wrote Christine would also be like easily t- in the top 10 as far as adaptations are concerned Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. well and I uh, I still want to see the remake of that just to see how it compares I'm still on the fence yeah um, but like it's it's hard to compare to Pet Cemetery too. <laughs> but if I had to get rid of all other Stephen King adaptations, like straight up adaptations, not ones that he wrote screenplays for, mm-hmm. yeah, I would probably keep I would probably keep it Chapter One and Two. Yeah, like for me, like I I can't uh, like if I was excluding the Green Mile, like again, I've never seen it, so like yeah, we can get rid of Green Mile. How dare you? No, like, uh, like Green Mile would definitely be like <laughs> Michael Clark. Who? Oh, you! How dare you? <laughs> I miss Michael Clark Duncan. How can you not? He's so good. Such a good actor. Yeah, man. Fantastic Kingpin. Nobody really remembers that, but he was the Kingpin at one point. He was just really good. Also, fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, Planet of the Apes. Played General Attar. Oh. Couldn't tell because the makeup was so friggin' good. The only thing, <laughs> God, <laughs> Ethan is a is a defender of the Tim Burton. Only because Rick Baker's makeup is so freaking amazing. It's so good. These are actual actors, and they all look exactly like apes. They look. It's not like just a guy in a gorilla costume. It's not just like. And it's funny because that's that's kind of where he started. Like that's kind of like. Because there's that octopus movie, that weird one. But then, like, he did schlock, and, like, he was constantly in gorilla costumes. And constantly working on, like, like Mighty Joe Young and all that kind of Perfecting stuff. Perfecting like, the uh, the technology. And the fact that that makeup 
is in the same place as that terrible of a movie. But it's also, it's also fun. It's also a product of its time. It's 2000s, I think. Was it 2004? It's still not that good, Ethan. When was the last time you watched it? it? It's been a very long time. How do you know? Maybe what if we? What if it's Men in Black for you all over again? I, I highly doubt that I'm going to enjoy that movie more on a second watch. I got, I got, I got my Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and more, I vote we watch more. it. I vote you wanna, we watch it. You want to watch the remake of Planet of the Apes? Yes. Oh my god, the most I remember about that movie, like, is they they have Charlton Heston as like an elderly ape that then says the line, "It's like, like damn you, goddamn them all to hell." I think so. Yeah. All I know is that it's not any worse than Ape will not kill Ape. Ape has killed Ape. Listen, like all the all the the the, the all the original Planet of the Apes sequels are not that good. Although I do have a soft spot for uh, three, like uh, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Is that the third one? That one? The one where they go back in time? Yeah. Why? Why? I actually really enjoy that movie. I'm not, like, no, I'm not kidding. I, I know he's not, but... It's a lot better than Battle for the Planet of the Apes. But is it better than Conquest? Tough to say. <laughs> That's the one where Caesar, like, breaks out yeah. at that, the beginning of the ape revolution, yeah. right? Like, it, it does... That is the, 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 the payoff of the causality loop, obviously. Because apparently Planet of the Apes is a causality loop. Um, my point, though, <laughs> is the Mark Wahlberg one isn't that bad. And, and I, and you know what, we'll rewatch it. Maybe maybe it'll be... The ending is horrendous. Maybe it'll, I agree, the ending is bad. Yes. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll replace uh, The Thing as my, my favorite movie of all time. Who knows? I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I'm not it. saying it's your favorite movie of all time. I'm just saying. Uh, just you seem really, really passionate about defending. <laughs> because Rick Baker's makeup deserves better. <laughs> People need to stop crapping on that movie, I, mainly for his makeup. Like that's really yeah, it. Yeah. Like if the makeup was terrible, if the makeup mm -hmm. looked just exactly what it did in the 1960s ones, mm -hmm. like okay, mm -hmm. where they were all basically the same ape face on every single ape. Yes. But no, they were all distinct characters. They all were slightly different features, and, like, it was so good. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not going to disagree with and you. And it was all practical. No CG. It was all, like, actual, like, people. No, I'm not going to appreciate that, but, like, you, you can't deny the mocap apes in the... They look good, but I can still tell they're CG. I... See, and I did... Like, when, I... when you get to Dawn and War, like... No, you can still tell they're CG, but what I love about mocap... Is that yeah? The character might be CG, but the eyes aren't. Yeah, like they retain the humanity in the eyes. That's what Long even that. made like when Andy Serkis was, because uh, he was Godzilla. I think was it. He was Godzilla the... in the first one. Yeah, and there's that close-up shot of his face, and you see the eyes of Godzilla, and you're like, oh, there's a character behind those eyes. Yeah, that's the stuff I love. Are... That's what I love. Yeah. But mocap for me is still, I'm very torn on it. I because like mocap in the sense of Tintin, mm. amazing. I yeah. loved it because it was an like animated movie, but it had a realistic feel to it, and yeah. it just it was fun. It was just good. Yeah, more like I still very much like because I guess um um who's doing uh 
who's doing the alien tv show friggin uh yeah like that studio is doing the alien tv show weta weta yeah weta is doing the alien tv show apparently and i'm very curious about yeah like because again like i i really i love studio adi and like their their stuff with the aliens has been fantastic and like i really like i feel like they finally got it right like say what you want about the predator their their predator suits were really solid and then for prey i really like what they did with the feral predator and i love i love me some practical suits i'm very curious what you like what you would get i feel mo-capping like the alien or I the feel like predator. mo-capping alien will look better than mo-capping predator. Right. Because aliens specifically, they have such a distinct body shape. Yeah. And you can push it more. You can make it, with mocap. you can make it more of an animal. Yeah. Well, and, and more you can of a monster that, rather than... You can do a bit more with like the contortionist aspect of them. Yes. And like, really... like you can really push that. And I think that's what Alien needs at this point. Yeah. Just because make them freakier. Because know? man in suit or just CG just makes really kind of awkward movements. Yeah. Um, and it works fine for the original stuff. Because again, product of its time. But like. I know a lot of people like I'm probably going to get a lot of crap for this. But like to me, the best. uh some of the best alien stuff to me was in the first Alien vs. Predator movie. Yes. As far as, like, the look of... The combination, like, the look, the look of the suit, the movement, how they did... How the, they acted. Yeah. Like, to me, that, that first AVP movie, not a great movie. The Predator stuff was kind of crap, in my opinion. But, like, the aliens were, like, <laughs> spot on. Well, I, like, I, I even liked how they went out of their way to make the aliens all, like... They had distinct aliens as opposed to just... Like the, yeah, like the grid alien with the thing. Like, yeah, like they, I like that. They they actually like... They showed, oh, these things aren't just like... Because you get a little they're bit drones, of drones, but they're... You get a little bit of... Obviously, they get a bit of it in Alien and Aliens. Like you get a little bit of that. But they kind of forget about it with Alien 3 and uh, Resurrection. And then they brought it back for... Uh, with Resurrection, they're just killing machines. That's Absolutely, all they are. There's yeah. nothing... Which is weird... Because in, in Alien Resurrection, they're supposed to be, like, semi-human, but you rarely see, like, personality. There's a there's the scene with Brad Dourif mirroring them, which is great. Like Brad Dourif just needs to be in everything. Brad Dourif's the best part of that movie. Brad Dourif's um, the best part of... Like, name a movie that he's in that he's not the best part. Is it... The, is But it's not the Jeff Goldblum thing where you could improve a movie by replacing somebody with Brad Dourif. I think the addition of Brad Dourif, like not replacing him, but Brad just Dourif adding as him an addition would, would, would extra, elevate any movie. A little extra spice. Put him into Star Wars, just as an extra character. Why hasn't Brad Dourif been in Star Wars yet? He's too weird. Really? Yes. Well, I think it's only fair if Mark Hamill can play Chucky, Brad Dourif could be in Star Wars. Brad Dourif can play Luke Skywalker. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> But like suddenly, I'm terrified of Luke Skywalker. Like the only movie I can think of that he's in that he isn't like the best part, or like, but even then, no, he steals the scenes that he's in. Because yeah. like Lord of the Rings, yeah, like he's not necessarily the best part, but he's whenever he's there mm-hmm. in Two Towers, like he is a presence. He steals that those scenes and just like you heard about his eyebrow thing, right? Yes, Where I they, had to, so. they had to shave his eyebrows for Worm Tongue. Mm-hmm. And then they did it. He grew his eyebrows back, and they needed him back for reshoots. 
And so he's like, oh, yeah, so I'm going back. And he tells his girlfriend, he's like, yeah, so I have to shave my eyebrows again. And she just starts cursing him out and just like, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Because, yeah, like, they could try and cover them up, but it's just easier just... Do you remember, um, so, like, Dirk Gently? Yeah. Season one and two? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the character's name, but, like, the, the, the holistic assassin? Yeah. That's his daughter. That's Brad Dourif's daughter. <laughs> Not that I don't believe you, but I don't believe you. And apparently they, uh, what, they do flashbacks in the Child's Play TV show. And she plays young Charles Lee Ray in it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, cause like, I didn't initially think about watching that show. And oh, now I'm looking at her. It's like, yeah, yeah. You, like, right. You can't <laughs> unsee it. <laughs> but yeah, but they put her in like prosthetics apparently. And they have her play a young Charles Lee Ray. She's 40. Yeah. Would never have guessed. I thought she was in her like mid-twenties maybe in 100%. that show <laughs> yeah I never made that connection before but I'm just like just thinking about it now is just like hey you're that person that's amazing that's yep. absolutely you know she's been acting since she was uh, 2006 mm-hmm. no, that's it's great yeah that's that's phenomenal that's so <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> do you, uh... Oh, she was in Tenet, apparently. She was? Yeah. Oh. Missed that. Um, yeah. Well, to be, to be fair, like, aside from the protagonist, I don't remember a lot of Tenet. Me neither. Yeah. Tenet is overrated. Anyway, <laughs> we just committed a cardinal film sin. <laughs> So I guess um, in the Chucky TV show, everything is canon except for... The remake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, yeah, like uh, Don Mancini, like, he's been the guy for that franchise since the beginning. And, like, yeah, like, from what I gather, the newer movies kind of, like, clarify where certain things fit in canon. Like, apparently there are, like, multiple Chuckies. Like, his soul got, like... Like you know, a bunch. like you know, in the sec, the beginning of the second movie, where like they're making that like new good guy doll. Yeah. Like apparently, what ended up happening was uh, the the good guy doll from the original got melted down and put into like made into a couple of different dolls. So then there's multiple like his soul got split into a couple different dolls, and why there that's why there's the different looking ones. Apparently, it has a ninety one on Rotten Tomatoes. It's supposed to be really good. Like I've heard nothing but good things about the Chucky TV show. That's that's shocking, right? That's I like I love that for Brad. Dur- Again, it's mainly for Brad Dourif. Like yep. it's as long as Brad Dourif's getting a paycheck, and now for Fiona too. Absolutely. Let's just let's just give the Dourif family some love because absolutely <laughs> they've done so much for Hollywood. Hundred percent. Like again, Exorcist three. We talked. Well, we talked about body parts earlier. He's great in that. Oh right, too. And he's such an uh, like. In body parts, he's so good because he's just like this is now a, this is now a Brad Dourif appreciation podcast. The question is why Brad Dourif was never cast as Pennywise. Exactly, <laughs> or it, we brought it back, yeah, or the Joker for that matter, because that would be that would be too terrible. Remember, Tim Curry was too scary to play, uh, which brings it back to it as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tim Curry was too scary to play uh, the Joker. Brad Dourif would be too scary as Pennywise. No, yeah. Brad Dourif would be too scary as the Joker. Actually, no. 
Brad Dourif was supposed to play Scarecrow in. Uh, oh, that would be amazing! Like, like the when Tim, like when Tim Burton was going to do the third one, he was supposed to play Scarecrow in that. Look, look Brad Dourif as the Penguin. Brad Dourif as Catwoman would be amazing. <laughs> I really like Brad Dourif. He's a great actor. Like, because any, and I think I was saying this to you. Any movie that I've seen him in, he's kind of stolen the show. Like, it's 100%. Again, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He's such a like. He's there. Mm. He's not a major character, but he's amazing. But he's, his, but yeah, his performance in Exorcist Three. We should just do a <laughs> podcast on Exorcist Three one I day. I feel like we have. I know we've talked about it quite a bit, but like, well, yeah. I mean, we'll just tackle the Exorcist franchise over Halloween. I would, I would love that. That sounds great. Well, Stay can, tuned for and the we can Exorcist deep dive. We can rewatch the beginning and Dominion. <laughs> With Trent. The, the TV show to cleanse our palate. Oh, the TV show was so good, and I'm so, so disappointed there's not a season three. 100%. Bring back season three! <laughs> and bring back Pat Brad Dourif as the Gemini killer. No, that's the thing! <laughs> you could just... That's what the third... That's what it could be. That's what it could... <laughs> and it lines up because Exorcist 3 and season you, three. You could not bring back uh, George C. Scott, unfortunately. We could find someone. <laughs> Um, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> but no, like it's it's, yeah. I don't know. I just I just there's so much positivity that I can say about Brad Dourif. Hundred percent. Like he's he's he is someone I want to work with. I would love to work with Brad Dourif mm-hmm. because just and it wouldn't even be like man. Like I don't even know directing him if I don't even have to do anything. Just, just be like just, just do your thing. <laughs> and I just sit there like a child. Just you're gonna. Uh, is that so? That's action, Ethan. <laughs> yeah, no. Go, go, whenever you're ready. Yes. Whenever you're ready. Do you think, please? Uh, uh, are you Are you cutting anytime soon? No, no. Keep going. There's no just, more words to just 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 sit there. Just the cards filling up, Mister Hill. <laughs> let it fill. <laughs> Perfect. Like, yeah. Like he's just he's one of my favorite actors, and like mm. I don't have a reason why. I don't really have like like he just he's just ah mm-hmm. oh, he's one of those great again a great character actor he's just a great mm-hmm. he puts his heart and soul into it and he just nails mm-hmm. it every time yeah. and no one talks about him no one like there's just mm-hmm. there's, like i guarantee you there are people who do but like oh yeah no anytime i talk to anyone in the mainstream and i'm like oh yeah brad durf and they're just who who's he, that he's worm dung in lord of the rings and they're, no and then they're like who it's <laughs> <laughs> like the guy who's saruman's sidekick oh, oh yeah, yeah. That guy was weird. <laughs> and amazing. Yes. Yeah. No. He's so good. Big fans of Brad Dourif on the show. But yeah, in Body Parts, his character was so unlike anything else he played because... Because he, he wasn't... He wasn't the, <laughs> he wasn't the bad guy. We just assumed he was going to be, and then it's like, ah, he's not. And it's like... Because yeah. even in Resurrection, when he's that, uh, that weird... Scientist. Like... He's not the bad guy, but like he's just he's just weird. He's so skeezy. Like he's just like like that scene where he's like mimicking the alien is so fucking like it's really it. so good. And then his death as well is like super brutal. So anyway, about it. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> I guess do you have any more to say about it or is it time for a question of the day? I think I think we covered it and then some. Like just really great two-parter, a lot of fun. It's got those summer like like childhood summer. Well, the entire vibes first the entire first part is in the summer. Yep. Well, even that's that, that's like Eddie's whole thing is like 
we're kids. This is summertime. No, that's what, I, that's what I love. I love actually that bit is just the amount of time. It's like, we're kids. It's summer. We're supposed to be having fun. If someone says we're going to be having fun, <laughs> having fun. I'm gonna hit them. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> like I love it. Like it's just it's so like it's so good. And it's again it's a it's a story about growing up. Yeah. And what it means to grow up and what it means to forget your past. Like I I and, love and and also with like uh, in addition to part two like dealing with your childhood trauma. <laughs> yes, hundred percent, and facing it as opposed to trying to run it mm-hmm. or trying to fight it. There's a difference between that. Like, it's acknowledging, hey, it doesn't have any power over me. Exactly. Like, like you, you are not ruled by, you are not defined by the Your thing. trauma. Yeah, 100%. And, and again, it's facing it and being like, hey, I'm moving on with my life. You don't scare me anymore. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's... Like, it's just so good. It's yeah, just so good. It's, 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 it, I, I never say the movie's, like, deep, but, like, it, it does, it doesn't sugarcoat the things that it's trying to do and it's it's a fun watch it's emotional and yeah it's just i i would definitely recommend it yippee kaye mother (laughs) (laughs) so good but yes question of the day and it's not (laughs) which brad Dourif performance do you like the most because i think we've covered that and it's not what's your favorite Stephen King adaptation because we also covered that. <laughs> if Pennywise was going to take a form to scare you, what would it be? You. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, you're on to me. <laughs> no, I think we discussed this before. Like, if Pennywise was coming after me, and not like if I would. If, in this scenario. I, what be a salad oh how dare <laughs> how dare you 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 asshole <laughs> favorite one like uh that interview with uh mark ruffalo how you doing <laughs> mark ruffalo and like i think they were doing like asian Ultron too and like there's that one british comedian i think his name is josh mm. and like they were asking oh, yes, about the... what he was scared of and then like like Mark Ruffalo interrupts him as like girls over twelve. <laughs> Just look of like the look of pure like. Well, Hulk was my favorite character until now. What the heck, Mark? <laughs> what the hell, man? Um, no, I think we discussed this before. If if Pennywise was going to come after me, like, and I'm like, like the same, like in the scenario, I'm like ten to twelve year old, like the kids are, like. 100% it would be a giant spruce beetle. That's fair. Like, that, because that's, that, that's, I, those things, I've got, you ever gotten bit by, they're also called longhorn beetles, depending on, like, where you live and all that shit. It's just a beetle. It's not just a beetle, they're terrifying. They're not terrifying. And they also, they pinch so hard, like, they draw blood, man. They're, they are brutal. So, oh, like, you make, one, you make one of those, like, five to six feet tall. It'd be terrifying. That's what Pennywise would turn into. Just a big bug. So we're talking kid version of us. Yes, 100%. Was the, the, the kid version of you. Probably Nosferatu. Kid, yeah. me, kid me was terrified of Nosferatu. That's legit. 
Like that's pretty legit. Like that's that. Like just the shadow and like the long fingers and stuff like that. See, see, my introduction to Nosferatu was the SpongeBob episode with the the hash slinging slasher. No, even in even in the SpongeBob episode when he popped up, like I had flashbacks like the first time I saw because I first saw him when I was five. Right. And it was that uh, eyewitness monsters thing that I've talked about mm-hmm. before. That's the first time I saw Nosferatu, and that like stuck with me. So anytime when I'm walking past like even now if i'm walking past like a dark hallway and i can't you're just see expecting it. nosferatu to be flipping the switch well that's why the um in midnight mass the design, spoilers <laughs> it's been out for a while it has been out for a while and it like again like i was talking i was talking to um uh Kristen Lehman about it when I was we just name dropped like yeah. that jesus christ <laughs> i got to work with her it was cool <laughs> I was talking to her about. You ever it, see and... me name drop? Uh... You literally <laughs> name drop Alec Gillis. <laughs> I did. I did do that. <laughs> but I got to talk to her a bit about Midnight Mass, and we were talking about it, and she even was like, "I don't know why the vampire thing was such a spoiler, because like it's pretty apparent." And I'm like, mm. "Like honestly, as someone who knew, like I got the twist ruined for me. Like yeah, mm-hmm. it was very like it was like." Oh yeah, the second even like the second you see uh, friggin' Pruitt with the 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 trunk. This, yeah, like in the first that's episode, such a, that's such a like familiar Salem's Lot, Salem, like, like familiar, like friggin' uh, Fright Night, all that stuff. Yeah, it is such an iconic vampire. So thing. I don't know why it was such a big reveal. Like it was like literally like in the first episode. Well, it's funny because like my buddy Chris, like because he he had watched it and I hadn't yet. This is like years back when it first came out. He's just like, yeah, it's a really unique take on vampires. I'm just like, it's vampires. He's like, oh, oh, sh- I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you hadn't seen any of it at that I point. hadn't seen any of it. Like, and again, as my, as you my, the first... my expectation was, oh, it's going to be like weird demon-y ghost shit. And it's like, oh yeah, vampires. I'm like, oh, okay. But the design of that creature, and especially that one shot when like um, uh, the sheriff turns off that light and you see it in the window. Oh, yeah. that So that feeling there is my biggest fear of looking out windows. That's why I always have the and blinds. His, and his reaction is... <laughs> that's Yeah, that's my reaction. And that's why, like, as you've noticed, living with me for how many years now... Blinds. The blinds are always drawn at nighttime. Mm-hmm. There is there is no open blinds. I don't like looking out windows. Yeah. I look less looking into them because that would even be more scary. Because mm-hmm. it's something in my house. And just, yeah. Yep. So, uh... 100%. So that yeah, Nosferatu probably would be that. Well, I think we could both agree that's just like the f- the freakiest vampire design, and whenever they kind of harken back to that, except for Salem's Lot, then it's the goofiest. And again, I disagree. I think that I think it's so funny that that jail house scene. It's so funny. No, it, it's terrible. The way he pops up. They sh- <laughs> that's as a kid, that was terrifying to see that. I didn't see it till I was an adult. So see, was, there's your problem. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah, like Marlowe, I think is more terrifying than Nosferatu. <laughs> Who? That's the name of the vampire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, my brain went Marley, and I'm like the ghost from Christmas you Carol. You need to face the master. <laughs> um. But no, yeah, so like like that that would be mine. That would be nope. I I dig that. Also, no, screw you for name drop. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned you've mentioned Alec Gillis. You mentioned Dan Trackenberg. You've mentioned all these people. That's true. But I would, I would never like oh, I was buddy buddy with them. I like, wasn't. I said I got to talk to her. I yeah. thought it was it was really cool. It was really one hundred percent. It was a really nice conversation. Yep, she sounds awesome. She was she was very friendly. Excellent. Super nice lady. All right.
So it was really, and it was it was cool getting to like it was literally that was it was a really cool scenario because I had not seen, I didn't see Midnight Mass when she started on the show. Then I well, on the time. went on that hiatus and binged Midnight Mass, came back to work, and then realized who she was after the fact. Mm-hmm. Well, like no. I'd met her and we yeah. had talked like just hey how's it going that kind of casual work conversation. Yeah. Well, and the timing was funny because, like, I had just watched it as well. Twice. Yeah. It's really good. Midnight. It's really good. Midnight Mass is fantastic. Highly recommend. Um, So I just watched it. I'm like, dude, Midnight Mass is so good. And then, like, yeah, you're like, ah, I'll get to it. And then that happened, like, over your uh, hiatus there. And it was fun, like, getting the updates whenever you, like, finished a couple episodes. And you're just like, man, it's really funny. I did not sleep. Not because, like, I was scared, but because, like. But you just like, kept watching. It's a I kept watching. <laughs> One, you're just like, I think we were on episode four, you're just like, hey, this is what I think is going to, this is what I think it is. I think I was like, episode two, he's like, I think I know what this is. You're just like, you're kind of on track, but like, there's still one big thing you haven't considered yet. And you're like, oh my God, like this thing, you're like, oh, just wait. <laughs> like it's, 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 yeah, worth the watch. hundred percent. Recommend it. Do it. Absolutely. So this has been another delightful episode of A Feast of Films. I had a lot of fun talking with you about it. Chapter one. Thank you. I'm, gl- I'm glad I could be here. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the one who's been here for every episode. Oh my God. Um, but then, uh, and then just going off into a bunch of other directions is always fun as well. Yeah, of course. That's, that's the joy of a podcast. We 100%. don't know what we're talking about. Well, I think, I think it's more fun this way anyway. Exactly. That's the you, you, that's that's how you just you have fun. Just that's all this is. It's fun. No one's watching this. No one. No one cares. Hi, people who are actually watching hey. this. No one's watching this. Hello to our twenty consistent viewers. We love you all. They're, and you guys keep the wheels greased around here. You keep the lights on. <laughs> We're getting no ad revenue for this. This is nothing. This this whole this 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 a whole lark. Are we even uploading these anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Are, <laughs> are we even watching them? Oh my god. Is the camera on? Is this thing on? Uh, Ethan, where can the... Don't do that. That's gonna... <laughs> I have to take those peaks out. No, you don't. Let's turn them down. Okay, fine. How dare you. Anyway, where can the people find you, Ethan? You're gonna tell them in Morse code. I don't know Morse code. It was, it was high quality entertainment. Um, one of one of our mutual friends called it Morris Code. Morris <laughs> She thought it. That's what she thought. Who's? <laughs> I'll tell you oh, after. No. no, were you there for it? I think I might have been <laughs> Morris Code. I forgot. Do you mean Morse, Morse Code? Morse Code. Do you think? No, you weren't there because that was on Heartland. So. Oh, but was it? I think I told you about it. Is it who I think? It's one hundred percent who you think. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's really funny. Oh God. Uh, but Morris Code? Morris Code? Yeah. You mean Morse? Shut up. <laughs> Morris Code is uh, speaking through uh, Doors Rifts. No, Morris Code is the name of uh, the communications officer for Rescue Heroes. There we Morris Code. I just brought back a bunch of memories by referencing uh, ref- Rescue Heroes, didn't I've I? I've never seen Rescue Heroes. You didn't grow up with that, no. Billy Blaze? Nope. Oh, gosh. We gotta go I through. I watched more Johnny Quest than I did Rescue Heroes. I mean, John, that was two different that's very two different like time periods i guess so johnny quest was like mid 90s 
And like, unless like, are you talking the OG Johnny Quest or are you talking like the remake? I don't know. Whatever was on Cartoon Network. Both. There oh. was a 1960s cartoon and then there was the, like, it's the it was animation. Prob- it was probably the 1960 ones because okay. I, I remember it being very Scooby-Doo-esque. So in the 90s, they like remade it as like a pretty like, like a 90s remake of that show. Checks out. And it was awesome. I loved it. Um, But no, like Rescue Heroes was like, I think... Early 2000s, late 90s. The guys with the big feet. Yes, of course. You don't know what I'm talking about, dude. I have no idea. I'll show you. Anyway. But yeah. Um, Ethan, where can the people find you? Find me at uh, YouTube at Ethan R. Hill. You can find me on Instagram at Ethan R. Hill. And from what at last I checked, you still can't find Damned Rights yet. No. We're working on it. We're waiting patiently. 100%. Um, It'll be back up as soon as... Hope- hopefully the end of the month. Yes, Absolutely. What about you? Uh, you can find me at... Nowhere. No, you can find me at that J Prosser on Instagram, and you can find my YouTube channel under just my name, Jesse Prosser. Um, and then, of course, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to A Feast of Films and get our frequent episodes. I guess and... we should ask for that, too, shouldn't we? Yeah, please remember to comment, like, and subscribe. <laughs> but please do. Yes, absolutely. Um, also, uh, if you are in the Calgary area, you can find uh, Damned Rights for physical copies at the Cross Iron Mills location. If you're not in Calgary, I'm sorry. Yeah, you but can, also we, I understand. We can we can do nothing for you in that one. <laughs> we can't afford shipping. Have you seen the price of gas these days? In this economy? Oh, <laughs> uh, in any economy. In any economy. <laughs> you go back. Oh. You go back to 1989 when the gas was. Actually, gas was pretty high back then, too, wasn't it? Not this high, I don't think. Yeah. Inflation. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know. Economics? If I was, if I understood economics, do you think I'd work in film? Probably not. Probably not, because <laughs> I'd be smart. <laughs> if I understood economics, I'd be uh, be a real uh, American psycho. Awful. On that note... <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> Have a good time. I don't know what time of day it is. Wherever you're watching this. Whenever. Whenever. Wherever. We end up uploading it. So in three we'll weeks see. time. Three weeks time. It's going to be great. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. I don't know why I went to turn stuff off. I, uh, just, I just grabbed just my impulse. mouse to be like, oh, let's click the... <laughs>